0: Book of Luke in chapter 15. Book of Luke in chapter 15. Most of the time when that song is sung, sang, however you're supposed to say it, whenever that song is led, it's, it's referred to as, as a call to the lost. Are you ready? But the reality of it is that it ought to be a call to all of us. Because if we are saved, if, if we have fallen out of fellowship with God, then we're not where we want God to find us whenever he comes back. If we hadn't been what we're to, if we have supposed to, if we have unresolved issues in our life amongst our families, amongst our churches, between us and God, if we have things that we have yet to ask forgiveness for, then, then we're not ready. We're not ready for God to come back. If we have members of our family that are lost and unsaved and we hadn't reached out to them, we hadn't told them about Jesus, then we're not ready. And a lot of times that song is directed toward lost people, but it ought to be a message to all of us that we ought to be ready. Luke in chapter 15, we're going to begin in verse 1. Book of Luke chapter 15, verse number 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, What man of you having a hundred sheep if he lose one of them? Does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness? And go after that which is lost, until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, and calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons, which need no repentance. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together this morning in your house. Worship you, God. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. God, that leads and guides and speak to us. God, help us this morning as we open your word that we could open our hearts. God, be we'd be willing and able to receive what you'd have to say to us through your word, through your Holy Spirit. God, lead us, direct us, guide us in everything we would say or do. God, help us throughout this week that we would all have a greater burden for those that are unsaved. God, that we could have a greater burden for ourselves to draw closer to you. God realized and understanding that you're a long suffering God, rich in mercy, rich in grace. God help us that so we could depend on you in a greater way. God be with His service. All those who ask interest in our prayers. Most of all, have mercy on the lost soul nearest hell. They can see their need of a savior that they can believe in Jesus Christ with all of their heart before it be everlasting too late. Thank you for Jesus. In His name we pray. Amen. Amen. Here Jesus told the people of, uh, we refer to it as a parable. Jesus told them here of. Uh, a story to prove a point which oftentimes is what a parable is he told them the story and referred to it as the parable of the lost sheep and i'm going to try to go a little bit of a different route this morning with it to, this is a call to them that are lost the the publicans and pharisees and scribes murmured saying this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them these people were judging jesus because of the people he was around and he wasn't around them because he wasn't around them because he was trying to be more like them. He wasn't around them because he was trying to fit in. Today, a lot of times, whenever we find, ourself, whenever we find ourselves among publicans and sinners, we find ourselves trying to fit in. We find ourselves trying to, to, to be like them. You look at school kids. Whenever one begins to act one direction, whenever one trend kicks off, then here it goes. When I was in school, it was my space. Everybody had a MySpace. Now everybody has a Facebook. And then everybody has a Snapchat. And then everybody has a TikTok. And everybody gets one to, to be able to fit in just a little bit with everybody else. To be able to, to socialize. Here Jesus was, was socializing, but it wasn't on the point of fitting in. It wasn't to the point that, that he was trying to be like them. He was trying to reach them. And there are two types of socializing for a Christian. There's a type of socializing where you label the dogs and you get fleas. Then there is the type of social lesson that Jesus did. Where you go out into the highways and the byways and you try to reach those that are lost and unsaved. Where you go to the publicans, to the sinners, where you try to reach those that are in need of Jesus Christ. They judged him. Saying, this man eats with sinners. Each and every one of us are sinners. We ought not judge anybody for trying to reach those that are lost and unsaved point I want to make this morning is that that each and every one of us at some point in our life after we were saved have become that lost sheep after we are saved we will never be unsaved again don't get me wrong don't misunderstand me salvation is salvation it is perfect and it is eternal but after we're saved we can stray away from God after we are saved we can fall away from God after we are saved, we can do things to quench the Spirit. Whenever we're saved, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. That is a, a universal belief among most missionary Baptists. But the thing is, the Holy Spirit can't make me do something. God is not going to make me do something. He will push us in that direction. Just ask Jonah how that worked out for him. He will ask us. He will beg us. He will plead with us. God will, will try to use us, but God will not force his will upon us. It has to be our choosing. And a lot of times that's where we begin to fall away. God to give us an opportunity to be loving. God to give us an opportunity to be forgiven. But we have to take that opportunity. God to give us an opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. But if we don't take it, we've missed it. And by doing that, we have quenched the Spirit. In verse number 4, Jesus said that, That one sheep is lost. God knows us as an individual. Each one of us, he he, he knows and loves as an individual. He is an omnipotent God. He has known everyone since, since Adam and Eve and the ones that have been born even while we've been in service. God knows and loves on an individual and personal basis. Don't get this wrong. Isaiah 43 and 1 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. And thou art mine. Each and every one of us, especially those that are saved, we are His. Individually. We are not separated in any way. God does not love... The Bible says He's not a respecter of persons. But whenever we start thinking about slipping away from God, we understand that God will reach out to us personally. Whenever we begin to wander away from Him, the Bible says here that one man lost... He lost one sheep. One out of a hundred. And he said he left the ninety and nine. He left the ninety and nine. God gave up his only son for me and for you. His only one. I didn't quite understand the depth of that until last week. I understand it a little bit better. God gave up his only son, his, his most beloved, for me and for you. But that's not the only reason he done it. He did it for everybody else outside this building as well. And whenever we're saved, we are called to go and to teach and to reach and to be missionaries to those that are not inside a church pew every day, to those that don't come in the church building even once a month, to those who don't own a Bible, to those that don't profess Jesus Christ. We are asked to reach them. And if we don't, then we are again quenching the Spirit. Jesus did not leave anyone out. 100 sheep, he lost one, and he didn't say, oh, I'll be okay. Oh, I'll be all right. When I was in college, I learned about how the ranching worked up in Montana and Wyoming and whatnot. What they do up there is is during the winter, they bring everything down into, into the pastures so the snow don't get them up in the mountains. And during the summer, they turn all the animals loose to go up in the mountains. And if they lose one or two, nobody bats an eye. If they lose three or four, they've got 6,000 head of cattle. They don't bat an eye over one or two that don't come back. Jesus does. Jesus wants each and every one of us to stay in the fold. Jesus wants each and every one of us to stay close, to stay rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Verse number four says that he sought each sheep individually that he left the 99 and went after the one. He knows us. He loves us each as an individual. John 10:14 says, "I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known of mine." Jesus knows us as individuals. Jesus loves us as individuals, and he don't want any of us to stray away from him. He don't want any of us to quench the spirit. He don't want any of us to wander out of his fold. Verse number 4 at the bottom. It says, and go after that which is lost. Those last four words right there say a mouthful. Whenever we wander away from God, Jesus don't stop looking for us. Whenever we stray away, whenever we've done something that we need to ask forgiveness for, whenever we quench the Spirit, God don't give up on us. At no point in time in our life, after we're saved, is God going to give up on us. He's not going to say He's a lost cause. He may be saved, but, but, but he's done gone off the deep end. No person has ever done enough to where God wouldn't love him. Lost our saved. No one's ever gone far enough to where God wouldn't love him. We talked on the last two Wednesday nights about love and God hates the sin, but God loves the sinner. Throughout most of his ministry on this earth, Jesus ate with who? He went and ate with Zacchaeus. Who was a sinner? He went and ate with Simon, and the woman that came was a sinner. He came to the woman on the ground that had been accused, she was a sinner. He came to the, to the coast, to Legion, who was possessed. He cast out demons, he healed the blind, the sick, the lame, those that couldn't do for themselves. Jesus came to them as individuals. In the same way, he will come to us as individuals. He loves us as individuals. And he sought until he find it very patiently. We can't go so far that God can't reach us. We won't go so far that God won't love us. That does not exist. It don't work that way. We can't go so far that we can't come back to God. And this morning, throughout our life, we may find ourselves drifting away. We may find ourselves not where we want to be. We may find ourselves not praying the way we should. We may find ourselves not reading the Bible the way we should. We may find ourselves getting caught up in TV preachers and new Bibles. Charismatic people. We don't serve a religion. We serve a God. We don't read a book. We read a Bible, which is the living word of God. But as far as we may slip, as far as we may stumble, as far as we may fall, God has said His hand is not shortened, that He can't reach us. At no point in time can we go so far that God won't reach us. That God can't still love us, that God don't still love us. Psalms in 136. Let's flip over there. I want to read this to you. The book of Psalms in chapter 136. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You'll understand it in just a minute. If you've never read this chapter, it's the only chapter in the Bible... It has the same words in every verse. And it may sound a little bit repetitious, but Psalms in chapter 136 is very special because it tells us a little bit about the character of God. Verse 1 says, O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. And here we go, for His mercy endureth forever. 26 verses in this chapter, and every one of them say that His mercy endureth forever. The only chapter in the Bible that repeats a phrase that much. Why, does, why, why do you reckon God put this in here? Because His mercy endureth forever. Amen. We need to be reminded of that. At no point in time can we sin to the point that we can't ask God to forgive us. At no point in time can we stray so far away from God that He won't come search us and bring us back. Verse number 5 says, And when he had found it, referring to the sheep, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Because whenever we come back to God, it is a big deal. Whenever we find ourselves repenting, becoming back in fellowship with him, it is a big deal. Jesus said here, the man will rejoice. And in the same way, whenever we find ourselves coming back to God, we are rejoicing. We are joyfully found. He brings us back under no power of our own. He said that he threw the sheep on his shoulders and brought him back to a place of rest, to a place of peace, to a home. A home in God and a home in church. Psalms in 40, verse number 2 says, He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon the rock and established my goings. The psalmist here was referring to the day of his salvation, but this passage can also be referring to whenever we were lost and astray, whenever we wandered away from God, whenever we begin to believe, whenever we begin to to lack to pray, whenever we begin to miss church. Heard a guy say one time, and it made an awful lot of sense. He said, "The more you miss church, the less you miss church." It was absolutely right. The more you miss church, the less you miss church. When I was in college, I ate Chick-fil-A every day of my life. They weren't open on Sundays, but on Saturday I bought two biscuits. And I ate another one on Sunday. I ate it every day. Whenever I got ready to go home, they gave us a little Tech Express card that had your money on it from the from when you put on at the beginning of the year. And I'd buy me enough Chick-fil-A sandwiches to last me however long I would be home. I loved... Chick-fil-A, my, my favorite thing. But once I got home and living in Pine, there, there's not a Chick-fil-A in Pine. And there's not even one in Thomas. And the more that I went without Chick-fil-A, the less I missed Chick-fil-A. I absolutely loved it. it. I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. But the more that I missed it, the less I began to miss it. The more days that I went without having Chick-fil-A, the easier it got to go another day without Chick-fil-A. In the same way, the more we miss our prayer life, the easier it is to go a day without praying. The more that we go with a missing church, the easier it is to go and miss church. The Bible refers it to having (coughs) conscience seared with a hot iron. We can get to the point that we can quench the Spirit to the point that we can't hardly feel the Spirit convicting us. We can get to the point that we can sin so much that we can't hardly understand that God still loves us. We have to get it in our grasp that at no point in time, what numbers in chapter 14, verse number 18, it says the Lord is long suffering. The Lord is long suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. I could always drove to Covington and got me a Chick-fil-A sandwich. It would have took me doing something. It would have took me getting in my truck. It would have took me going up there and waiting in that line and giving them some money to get me a Chick-fil-A sandwich. If we want to come back to God, God is drawing us. God is open. And He's not closed on Sundays. He's open on Sundays too. He's not closed at night. He's open at night too. You don't have to wait in a line. You don't even have to drive somewhere. God is ready, but you still have to come. You still have to pay in repentance. You still have to ask God to forgive you. You still have to want to come back. Amen. If you're hearing unsaved this morning, the parable of the lost sheep was pointed at you. If you're hearing unsaved this morning, you are that lost sheep. One hundred percent. If you're hearing without God, then you're wandering around. And Back in these days, they, the sheep, herders, shepherds, whatnot, led their sheep in the mountains and in the valleys. They couldn't always depend on there not being any predators around. In this world today, if you're unsaved, there is a predator around. The Bible refers to him as, as Satan, as a serpent, as a roaring lion, as a devil. And he's he's seeking to destroy. Amen. Say your adversary to work against you. If you're hearing unsaved this morning, if you feel like today is not the day that you need to get saved, that's the devil working against you. He seeks to destroy. He seeks to lead you astray. <clears throat> if you're hearing unsaved this morning because you're not sure how it's supposed to be done, it's because you're overthinking it. Salvation is giving up and believing in Jesus Christ. If you think there's something else to it, that is the devil trying to get you to put it off just a little bit longer. The man told Paul, he said, Almost I persuaded me to be a Christian. We don't have a record where the man was fully persuaded. We don't have a record where the man fully gave his life to Christ, and if he didn't today he's burning in the devil's hell. Satan won. The adversary won. But Jesus is seeking. And until the day that we're going to stay in the sheep metaphor, until the day the wolves get you, Jesus is still going to be searching. But you got to believe in Him. you got to come to Him. you got to believe in Him with all your heart. And Jesus, Jesus will come into your life and, and you'll never know peace like that again. You'll never understand it. You'll never understand joy until you believe in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, and when he hath found it, when that lost person is saved, the master rejoices. Verse number 7 says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Over one sinner. If you begin to think that you don't matter, if you begin to think that, that an almighty God can't love you, Donald Trump don't know my name, but God does. Bill Gates don't know my name, but God does. Amen. Over one sinner, of the day that I got saved, there were angels in heaven rejoicing. Amen. They got to rejoice before my parents did. They got to rejoice before my church did because God knew nobody else around me did. God knew because he knows me as an individual. He loves me as an individual and He does you the same way. If you're here and unsaved this morning, if you believe on Him with your whole heart, He will save you as an individual and you will no longer be that lost sheep. You'll no longer feel the tug of the devil. Oh, just put it off. Wait a little longer. There's no such thing. Because tomorrow may not make it. I read a definition I've never seen before. There's a definition for procrastination. And it said procrastination is us lying to ourselves, thinking that we deserve one more day to do what we should have did already. Procrastination is believing that God is going to give me another chance to do what He already gave me a chance to do. Procrastination and salvation will take you straight to hell. I don't think there's a person in here this morning that don't believe that Jesus Christ was real. The kids sing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. They they sing Jesus loves me from a young age. We all know that Jesus was real. We believe in God. But there's a very, very big difference in believing it in your head and believing it in your heart the saving of your soul. If you believe it in your head, that won't get you to heaven. But if you believe on Jesus with your whole heart, that'll get you there. Amen. It's a salvation that is promised. There's a shepherd that is looking for us. That is looking for each and every person to come to the point of salvation. If you're here and you're saved this morning, then you understand that peace. You understand that, that relief, that comfort that comes over you. You understand the guidance that the Holy Spirit brings to us on a daily basis. You understand the peace that, that the Holy Spirit brings to us in troubled times. Which we saw in 2020 if we ever have at least for us young people if you're here and saved then you understand what it means to rejoice you understand what it means to have a personal savior but if you're here and lost you don't get it yet and I pray to God that you do that you do right now that you do before something else changes before before Satan gets his way and you're taken out of this world before Jesus comes back you're here and unsaved this morning well let's go ahead and turn over and read it book of romans in chapter 10 the book of romans in chapter 10 verse number 13 it says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved shall be saved Verse number 10 says, For with a heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You have to believe with your whole heart. A lot of people get hung up on what can I do to get saved. Don't work that way. If we could contribute anything to salvation, then it wouldn't be a free gift of God. Well, what do people think of me? The angels will rejoice. Your church family will rejoice. Your parents will rejoice. Your friends that are saved will rejoice. I rejoice with you. If you're hearing unsaved this morning, there's nothing more dangerous than remaining lost. Because hell is a real place. The Bible says where the fire is not quenched, and the worm dieth not. And I don't I try never to preach to scare people, but hell is a scary place. Dying without Christ is a scary place. Giving up on Jesus is a scary place. Refusing to believe in Jesus is a scary place to find yourself. And you don't have to be there. You don't have to stay there. If you find yourself doubting, if you find yourself troubled, then talk to somebody. Talk to God. Read His Word. For through it we might know that His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That we are It's not a guessing game. A lot of preachers preach it that you have to have a spiritual birthplace where you know that you got saved that you can go back to that you can find comfort and peace in. If you're here and unsaved you'll never have comfort and peace. The pain may dull as you continue to fight it but you'll never have comfort and peace. As long as you're here on this earth God is going to work with you. God is going to trouble your heart. God is going to burden you until you believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you don't, then God won't send you to hell. You'll choose to go there. If you refuse to believe in Jesus Christ, God won't send you to hell. You're choosing to go there. Sunday school this morning statement was made. How come Christians are the majority, a minority? The Bible says because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. It leads to righteousness. And few there be that go therein. Few there be. If you're here and Unsaved this morning, right now you're on that path to destruction. That wide, broad way. And the only thing that it takes to get you from, from there to the salvation that God offers is to believe in Jesus Christ with all your heart. Nobody has to know you don't have to say a thing out loud. You just have to believe in Jesus with your heart, your Savior. Amen. Believe that he came, lived a sinless life, died on the cross of Calvary and was raised again. That he suffered death and hell for each and every one of us and you'll no longer be that lost sheep. Amen. But you'll be carried on the shoulders of Jesus. You'll be in peace in Jesus. You'll be carried back home and people will rejoice. The church will rejoice. The angels in heaven will rejoice. And for the rest of your life you'll be rejoicing. That you made a decision to believe in Christ Jesus as your Savior. I beg and I plead with you. If you're here and unsaved this morning, don't leave this church house unsaved. Don't leave this service. Don't go another minute without getting your business straight with Jesus. Tomorrow is not promised. Life is like a flower compared to in the Bible. It comes and goes. It don't last long. We're not promised tomorrow. Get it straight today. Be saved today. I will have a verse for something.